everyone, and welcome to our newly revised Extra podcast. My name is Thalia, I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Northview Community Church, and I have three of my co-workers around the table. So let's start with you, Crystal, introduce yourself, and we'll keep going. Sure. I'm Crystal Taves, and I'm the pastor of Discipleship and Women's Ministry here at Northview. That's me. And I'm Jeff Bucknam. I am the lead pastor here at Northview, and that's me. <laughs> My name's Greg. Everyone has to say that's me after now. Is that our thing? Yeah. Uh, my name's Greg Harris. I am the campus pastor at our East Asbury campus. You're, so that's me. I thought you were an intern. Back in the day. It's basically, Greg, you are an intern. Back in the day. Uh, what happened to the discipleship part of your title? It's I, I don't know. It went away. Actually, my dual role is campus pastor East Abbotsford and also pastor of multiplication. Oh. So discipleship's just out of there. All together now. But you're still in that department. I still sit in those desks. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's so confusing it's around here good. sometimes. It'll, okay. Don't worry, it'll change in a couple of weeks. It'll change, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jeff. Yeah. We started this newly revised podcast, and you are the one who had the idea. So tell us about it. What can we expect? Um, well, yeah, we can expect a lot of what made the old extra podcast good, plus stuff that's going to make it better. Like I think you are the two feminine, the most feminine voices that have been on the extra podcast for yes. quite a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Uh, but one of the reasons that we we chose to change it was because we felt like we were being a little, little more, a lot more reactive than proactive about the kinds of things that we wanted to cover. So we changed the format to be a little bit more uh, focused on current events and uh, how it is that we can interact scripturally and Christianly with the things that are happening around us in the world. So we want to be, uh, we're we're certainly going to be probably responding to emails from time to time, but for the most part, we're the ones who are choosing what kinds of topics we're going to be bringing forward to people and that kind of thing. And there will be a wider variety of voices, so it's not just the same four or five people. Uh, You'll be hearing from all sorts of people on our staff, so we thought that that breadth would be a a healthy thing for people Mm -hmm. to hear. And so we've we've changed it along those lines. It's probably it's also made it uh, more doable from our point of view. Yeah. So our goal, I think, was to raise the level of the quality of the podcast uh, significantly. And so we hope that we've done that. Listen, in the next you know three weeks, I guess you'll be able to determine whether or not you think that we've achieved anything like that, yeah. or if we've taken a big drop down by still having you know people like Greg on it. Mm. <laughs> So before we had the bonus podcast and the extra, which were kind of both kind of staff led. And so yeah. we're just basically combining those two. We are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then adding some extra staff members, adding some extra elders and other people that we're going to be interviewing. Um, so so all different kinds number. of stuff, right? Yeah. We're going to do some interview, interviews with people, both in our church, some mm-hmm. outside of our church who are dealing with cultural issues around the place, both north, um, probably all around North America. I know that later on this year, we're going to be at the Evangelical Theological mm-hmm. Society meetings, and we'll probably do some interviews there. Uh, we have people who visit, who come through, who are relatively well-known um, teachers and leaders, and we want to interview them when they come through, but that's, yeah. not the, that's not the guts of it. The guts of it is us sitting around a table talking as pastors to our congregation and anyone else who wants to listen yeah. Yeah. about what, how we should be thinking about things that are going on in our society, yeah. culture. And so we're going to have all sorts of stuff. All sorts it. of topics. Greg, what are some topics you're looking forward to? I think I'm most looking forward to, even though it's not the guts of it, like Jeff said, I think having the opportunity to do some of those interviews with people that uh, we haven't necessarily heard from a lot in the past. I know one of the things that people have responded positively about the extra podcast 
recently has been, you know, they really like those nobody series yeah. of, mm-hmm. of interviews where about somebody from our church. That totally. They might not know. Yep. So that kind of stuff, right? Where we, where we do some interviews with people yep. maybe from our church or outside and just get to hear a little bit about what are they, you know, everyone's a little expert in something, right? And so how do we, how do we dig out some of those stories mm-hmm. and get, learn from their expertise? And so I think some of those, those more interview-based pieces where kind of who knows what we'll talk about. We'll see what comes up in the episode. I think are going to be interesting to listen to. Well, we're going to cover things like uh, legalizing marijuana and Halloween and Christians and sports. Like We've got some really great topics coming up. Yeah. You know, Jeff can tell us about how he wrestles with his kids in sports. <laughs> it's hard. You can hear that? I know. That'll be a good one. Oh, I'm yeah. And also one. wrestle with, you know, how do you, you know, if you're an athlete, how is it that you keep uh, your attention ultimately on Christ and not make this an idol as many yeah. do? And if you're a parent of an athlete, it's even worse because yeah. you have no control over it, and you and don't because you it, live you know, vicariously through your kids, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and you 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 regret all the ways that you failed as a young person to not make the major leagues or whatever it is, and so now you see your chance come around again. Yeah. Mm. So, or maybe not. Maybe you're like, no, I'm not like that at all. Well, actually, it's it's just a real challenge to follow Christ and to be have your focus in the right places with stuff like sports, but all, all sorts of stuff like that, right? I think and you our guys are to, both on that. Oh, our, yeah, and our goal is to bring the scripture to bear yeah. into these situations and how show how it applies into yeah. these different life situations right. that we're all facing. Yeah. That what God says in his word has everything to do with what you're doing in your world yeah. right mm-hmm. now, here, here and now, right? It's not some book that should be just collecting dust on your shelf. It's a book that actually has... Is, is being was written to real people in real situations that we face sim- similar situations all the time. So yeah. there's a lot of instruction given to us. And then we're going to have some opportunities, I think, to do some bulk podcasts mm-hmm. that we're going to drop a couple times a year, yep. two, three times a year, where we cover a subject in yeah, more detail. More detail. So there'll be five or, a, a series of five or six. I think we're dropping one in the next little bit about stewardship that we did this summer, and uh, we'll be doing some more stuff around yeah. that, depending on... So it's a good year. It's going to be a good year yeah. of podcasting. We hope that you you're, you listen along. We'll be out every week. Absolutely. Rain or shine. Yeah. So let's get started on our first topic. It's hospitality. Jeff's looking at me weird, but yes, Sorry, that I, is the topic. So just, just in case you thought you were in a I different wasn't podcast. Attention. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> so Crystal, get us started. What's the basic definition for hospitality? Well, the basic definition is being hospitable or having hospitable treatment. And if you look up what hospitable is, it's that um, a generous and cordial kind of reception or disposition to guests or to strangers. Mm. So Mm. it's kind of an attitude of generosity, an attitude of welcome to people who might not be in your inner circle, who Mm -hmm. might be new to you, um, like it says, guests or strangers. Mm. Um, Second, which is promising or suggesting a generous and friendly welcome. And being readily receptive. So this idea of hospitality has those, um, yeah, connotations to it. Mm. So how's that different than entertaining, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I think there there's definitely a crossover in the Venn diagram between the two, <laughs> right? There's a lot shared, but I think the uh, you could you could be entertaining by providing people, you know, food and different experiences when they mm-hmm. come over to your house and that kind of stuff. Or you could be hospitable when you do those things. I think the difference is primarily on focus and goal. Okay. Um, so if you're making a nice meal and you're having friends over, is is the point to have them merely to like be exposed to your amazing cooking and this meal that you've been working on for a really long time? Or is the meal a facilitation of something else, of actually okay. building the relationship, having 
them feel like they are known and and seen and heard and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think hospitality is mostly kind of a, a setting the stage for a relationship to actually flourish and take place yeah. rather than it being about the thing you're doing. Acting hospitably is is a, a disposition to try to prioritize the relationship, not the thing that's facilitating the yeah. relationship. Yeah. Prioritizing the other person. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jeff, give yeah. us a biblical foundation for hospitality. Well, God's hospitable. Yes, mm. uh, but I mean, throughout the whole mm-hmm. scriptures, what you have is a is a God who is welcoming. Uh, and he goes out and he pursues a a, a people. First, all, I mean, he's yeah. welcoming to Adam and Eve when they sin. He's welcoming. He includes them into into his world initially, and then mm-hmm. they sin, and he's welcoming even after they sin. And then he chooses a nation, and uh, even the act of choosing them and making a covenant with them is as Greg used the language of be- being known, they are known by God. That language is used of Israel all over the place, right? Yeah. They are, they, oh, Israel alone have I known, mm-hmm. it says in the Old Testament. So what you get is this God who's always pursuing, who's always welcoming, who's got a disposition toward, uh, toward welcome, toward I- invitation, toward bringing people along, especially yeah. what pertains to the outsiders. That's one of the things you get in yeah. uh, commands to the people of Israel. Don't, don't show disdain for those who are outside of your group. Yeah. And why? Because your God doesn't show disdain for you, yeah. and you were outside. You were aliens in <laughs> right, Egypt. Right, you were aliens in Egypt. Yeah. And so, so uh, you get that all the way. Ultimately, you find in the gospel, this, you know, the, the message of Christ, you, you have a, a God who pursues people with a reckless love and is unwilling to just be put aside by them. He keeps coming, he keeps yeah. coming, he keeps coming, and ultimately wants to welcome them into his heavenly dwelling. Yeah. By heavenly, I don't mm-hmm. mean like ethereal. I mean like the new heavens, the new, new earth, earth, the world prepared for them, Yeah. even though they don't deserve it. And so what you find, especially in the New Testament, is lots and lots of language about meals, right? Mm. And so, pe- so Jesus comes and he has meals with people repeatedly. I mean, Zacchaeus, who is this supposedly wicked tax collector who's been, you know, he's ostracized by his community, pro- rightfully so. He's not a good guy. But you have Jesus welcoming him, or the, the woman who uh, breaks into the meal with Simon the Pharisee yeah. and you know, Jesus has a welcome for her, or mm. the woman at the well. So this is not a meal, but you have a woman at the well in John 4. You have a story about Jesus crossing all sorts of, of boundaries, yep. you know, cultural boundaries, uh, cultural boundaries in order to make her know that she's welcome in God's kingdom. So yep. it really is a, a the, I mean, the early church, the hospitality was the was the chief mark of a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, I know that the gospel has made a difference in your life? You, you've become hospitable. You've yeah. become a welcomer yeah. in, in your life. And so the questions for us become, okay, so what are the, what are, like, what does that look like? And yeah. what are the marks of that kind of thing? Totally. Yeah. So that was one of the like marks of what it meant to be a leader in the church. That was one of the character traits that was required to be hospitable mm-hmm. in the elder and the, the deacon list, yeah, right? Yeah, it's one of the People. character traits. traits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And summed up in the two greatest commandments, love yeah. God and love others, mm-hmm. out of our love for God. Yeah. I think yeah. we should acknowledge that uh, probably the four of us sitting here are not always great at it, No, <laughs> uh, and which we're going to, we'll get into in a yep. minute. I mean, yeah. we have our failures and totally. there are challenges with it as well, uh, with hospitality, especially if you are somebody who is a little bit more shy or reserved, it's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. So, it is. Yeah. So why is this topic a big deal now? Like we're starting our newly revised podcast with hospitality. So let's talk about why now. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why it's a great topic is because our, 
our culture setting right now is we have more access to more information than, I don't know, anyone ever? I think so. Probably. I would Probably. Guess. So, like, there's no shortage of, of information. There's no shortage of content for us to get access to, like really good content yeah. that in years past people would would absolutely drop over for. What's missing in our cultural context is is relationships. Yeah. Is we have it's not uncommon to hear people, even within our own leadership and staff, to be experiencing like crippling loneliness sitting in a very expensive home that they're having a hard time affording. They're working their butts off to be able to afford this home and the vehicle and the whole thing. And they are just crippled by by feeling like nobody actually knows them. Yeah. And I can walk into situations. And even if they like know me, they know my name, they know my face, I'm recognizable. They don't actually know me and some of the struggles and some of the things I'm, I'm working through. And so it creates this culture of really shallow relationships yeah. where there's everything's just at the face surface level. Um, because I think we're always a little bit protective of our time, of our own experiences. And so we, hospitality is important because it'll, it sets the stage for people to actually engage in relationships where they, they just don't happen with a great deal of frequency right now. Yeah. So you're the campus pastor at East Abbey, sorry, Crystal, and you've been talking a lot this summer about hospitality, particularly as it pertains to this new campus. Yeah. So tell us what you've been telling the group over and over and over again. Yeah, we're trying to build into the culture this idea. It's a dumb phrase, but like we, we want to be sticky enough that people feel like they want to come back, but not at all clicky. Yeah. And so even trying to to move people into a, an area where we can connect, like the Connect Center in a part of a gymnasium that'll be near where we're doing the worship service, rather than just having people save seats for their friends and then after church stand in that same group of huddled friends and then go home, to have ushers actually kick people out of the worship center to go into the Connect Center where there's going to be some table and some food and and just that act of, of having to, to mingle and walk around means you might actually see someone who doesn't really look like they know where they're where they are or what they're doing or what's going on. Yep. And try to encourage a, a disposition, a mindset of how can I engage with that person who mm-hmm. who doesn't seem at least to be connected with very many people at this moment. Maybe they are and they're just their friends are somewhere else or but but they don't seem to be. So how do we connect with them rather than just focus in on our own relationships and so trying to you know, balance that that fine line of, yeah, church is a place where you should be able to say hi to your friends and should be able to reconnect and have a good conversation. But it's not it's not the only place for you to have a conversation with your friends. Because I think even those of us who experience loneliness still have those few friends that, that we like hanging out with. Yeah, and the temptation good. is mm-hmm. to just only always hang out with those people even at church. I know and you so, told uh, a group of them, you said, it's so great that you have close friends. Visit with them Friday night and Saturday night or Sunday <laughs> afternoon, but at church, could you please be willing to meet new people and gather with other people you're not familiar with? Yeah, and just recently, Pastor Imran, right, he preached a message and part of his message was was talking about, you use the number 45, where he's like, if it's a 45-second conversation, where you can, you know, just get to know someone and mm-hmm. introduce yourself, or it, maybe it turns into a forty-five minute. It doesn't matter, but it's that disposition, it's that mindset of saying, "Okay, I'm going to try to engage, I'm going to try to build a relationship here." So, I mean, we'll see. We, we haven't even launched yet. I know. Maybe it'll totally not work at all, but I, I'm, I'm optimistic that 
that as we keep kind of pounding this drum, people will see, actually, you know what? Hospitality is a, a key part of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. It's a little monkey wrench. Okay. Okay, so I, w- I do want you to tell me, Greg, how it is that you're going to encourage people who are shy to do this. Because the way I'm sitting here listening mm-hmm. to this is it sounds like uh, the extroverts are God's people mm-hmm. <laughs> and the introverts are not. Okay. Yeah, I think the... So the way that I myself will do it, as someone who I don't feel naturally inclined to walk into a group of people and be like, hey, are you new? I'm Greg. Great to meet you. I'm, I'm more inclined to you know, use the back hallway to get to the car <laughs> so that I can get home and just be alone. Um, I, th- I think actually food and coffee plays a key role in these kinds of things. Even, even the reality that to get the food and the coffee, you're probably going to have to walk by people and actually see people. Mm-hmm. So it's just taking that, that mindset of instead of just going to get your baked good and get your coffee, to, to as you're going to get your baked good and coffee, to just have your eyes up a bit to see does anyone look like I could just say hello to them and, and see what happens. Um, I think it's most of us, or at least myself, I feel justified just keeping my head down, getting my baked good, getting my coffee, and then walking back to my friend circle because I feel like, Ugh, I don't know, I just don't have time or the energy, or I'm not an extrovert, so I can't mm-hmm. do it. Whereas if we had our eyes up and we're just willing to say hello and then see what actually takes place next, we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes. But well, I, think I think it's also yeah. kind of teaching that, bro- that gospel reason why to do it, right? Yeah. If we understand what God has done for us and the way he has reached out for us, reached out to us, and the cultural opportunity we have to do the same for people within our church or elsewhere who are super lonely, um, we don't really have an excuse. It's like any kind of piece of obedience in scripture that God calls us to. We have to figure out, we might do it differently than somebody else, but we have to figure out how we can still do it right. and be faithful to what God's commanded us to do. We don't always assume, though, that the person who's sitting across from us is as lonely as we are. Do you, do you understand? We don't. Yeah, when we, we don't. go into groups and settings, we don't think that way about them. I, I think that I'm the one who's feeling insecure. Yeah. They're not. Mm-hmm. Right, I feel awkward. They're, well, they're not. People are always shocked. They say, Thalia, you have it so easy. You find it easy to talk to people. And I'm like, no, I don't. Mm. Actually, I'd really rather stay home and not go there and have to do this. So I just have to take a deep breath, <laughs> put on my smile and say, hi, I'm Thalia. And then, of course, they're like, what? Was your name? And then you have to go through the whole name <laughs> yeah. thing. And that's just awkward. And I'd really rather run away. But <laughs> I just have to do it. Like, there's just no way except to go forward. And so I find quiet ways, like I will, if I'm in a big gathering, I'll go to the kitchen and visit with people in the kitchen. So this is one thing, though, that I was going to point out, that one of the things that really helps, I'm an introvert, okay? And one of the things that helps me a great deal with hospitality, I'm not great in in a large room of people, as many people know. It's just not my, I'm very, very bad at it. One thing that helps me, though, is that I, I... what greases the wheels for hospitality for me is if I feel like someone's given me a job mm-hmm. or I have a job mm-hmm. and I, so I have a reason to be there or to yes. be doing a particular totally. thing. Yep. And then all of a sudden I will talk to anybody at all there if my job is to, I don't know. Yeah. Stack uh, chairs stack and the deliver chairs them to or, the closet. Yeah. yeah. Or in, in the case of many people, uh, you know, when you're talking about church, Greg, mm-hmm. If your job is to drive the bus, or your job is to is to stack the chairs, or your job is to is to help advance the slides, or your job is, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That it gives you some reason to do that, to be there, yeah. and then and then it's just it seems a little to, bit easier. Yeah, it greases the wheels, to yeah. makes it makes you feel like oh, I'm allowed to talk to these people because yeah. I kind of I belong here because I'm doing mm-hmm. that. So my point is that service, yeah. even quiet service behind the scenes, especially with food. Yeah. Like your job is to carry these muffins from here to that 
table over there and make yeah. sure that the muffins on the table are all there. There's a lot of introverts like me who like, okay, that's a great job for me. <laughs> yeah. And I will go do that. Totally. And then I will strike up lots of conversations with the kids or the people. Yeah. Do you need a muffin? Here's yeah. a muffin. You know, that's like right. I, I have a reason now totally. to talk mm-hmm. to you. Totally. And you, we need quiet people to just talk to one other quiet person totally. in their row yeah. or in beside them. Yeah. Like you don't have to meet with like a hundred people in the Connect Center. You can just find one yeah. in the corner, a little kid even, an older person and somebody who you just think it's just you can st- sit there beside them. Yeah. Yeah, the that's even one of those fine lines between hospitality and entertaining, right? The the difference between my wife Sarah will point this out to me all the time whenever we have people over like I I I shift more towards entertaining than hospitality and so I want everything to be ready right. when people are there, right? Yeah. Like it'll be ready to eat at this time. Yeah. And Sarah will often remind me like, you know, it's okay if they actually help us mm-hmm. like make the dip. Like when they come, <laughs> that's the difference between do. hospitality yeah. and entertaining, right? Is if entertaining is about, look, look at the dip I made. Isn't that cool? Hospitality is more, hey, help me with the dip. And then now that we're doing this thing that yeah. we don't have to like look at each other, yeah. a conversation emerges and the yes. relationship forms. One of the things that's you'll true. find is that truly hospitable people don't care as much about the state of their house as they do about the people who are coming. Mm-hmm. And then that, so that might sound weird, but, but they, no. If your house is in perfect order, mm. okay, you're sending a signal to the person who's visiting that in some ways that you, you're welcome, but at least you're kind of welcome on the surface. And I'm not suggesting you yeah. shouldn't clean your house, okay? <laughs> but I am saying that if some truly hospitable cultures are drop-in cultures, yeah. right? So you might just come by on, a, on an evening and you don't have anything prepared and you're sort of just there and you're sweaty from mowing the lawn, but your attitude toward the person who's come over is, "Hi, come on in. You <laughs> like some water? It's great yeah. to have you here. Mm-hmm. Come sit down. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. You know, don't worry like about have, my laundry pile. I don't up care. In the yeah, living room. But, and you're okay with it. You're not mm-hmm. running around going, oh, 'Oh, I'm sorry that I have pizza boxes everywhere.' Or whatever. You're like, ah, this is how people live. Because I, t- I guarantee you, if I go to any of your houses right now, mm. and I'm looking at the three of you, mm-hmm. pizza boxes, there are there's Yesterday. junk on the floor." <laughs> Laundry. And there's stuff that you haven't done, yep. right? It's it's only older people who have nobody around, <laughs> right, who can keep their houses in pristine order. So so in the end, I my point is that there just needs to be an okay, a, a culture of, um, sorry, a, a, an attitude of welcome is one that says, like, I'm willing to welcome you in to my kitchen. Uh, let me say that. Yeah. To the kitchen of my life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're yeah. not just going to stay the in the front parts. room. Yeah. You're going to come to yeah. the kitchen where it's probably kind of messy and I didn't clean the dishes earlier. So there's some sitting there. And you know that. The best yep. friends you have in your life. Yeah. You go to their house and they're there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because no. you're not there for the house. No. You're not there for the dishes. And you might even help them yeah. with the dishes. You're there for the person. Totally. Okay. Would, so let's yeah. talk about then who has modeled hospitality in our lives? Who have mm. you learned from? Okay. Greg, you want to start? Sure. I mean, there's lots of people that have been great in my life hospitality wise. I think when we talked about when you raised that, the first people that came into my mind were some friends of family friends of Sarah's who she grew up with in Tawasson, who their house is always full of people and they're happy to have meals and that kind of stuff. But the the meals are simple. They're mass producible. They're always mm-hmm. great, but but the it's it's an open door policy. Like if you're in town when we're we go to Tawasson a few times a year now when we're in town, we just go to their home because that's what you do. You, yeah. When you're in town, you go visit them and you pop in and maybe they're all home. Maybe only three of them are, but it's okay. You, We, we bring the Tim Hortons and they have their own half 
cup of tea that's kind of cold and we <laughs> hang out for half an hour, 45 minutes and then we go because the kids are crying and yeah. we left a mess. And But we're always, we always feel like we can just pop in right? Yeah. and it'll be fine. And there's a few standing parties that, you know, we don't wait for the invitation for yeah. because this is what we do which is yeah. on, on the Christmas Eve party, whatever, we just show yeah. up because that's just what you do with those people. That's and really there's, neat. it was a really, for me growing up in Abbotsford, experiencing that in Tawasson was such a weird thing <laughs> because it felt very foreign to me. Whereas huh. Sarah was like, uh, this is just what it was like growing up with this circle of people from this small church where mm-hmm. it was just a drop-in culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, who else? Oh, Jeff? I mean, there. this is what's interesting. You know, different cultures around the world, no no culture is perfect. Uh, and some cultures have uh, a more, uh, have a more uh, kingdom of godness to them than others do in certain areas. So I don't think in the West, especially in white culture, we do really that well. Mm. And by West, I mean North America and Europe for the most part. But when you go to places, especially that ha- are, you know, like Hispanic Mm-hmm. places or uh, places that have been inf- mm-hmm. influenced by like um, strong family mm-hmm. environments. I would say even the Indo-Canadian population, others, there is the, mm-hmm. there is a culture of hospitality that pre- that is shocking mm-hmm. to the rest of us when you experience it. When I was in New Zealand, uh, New Zealand is a, is a hospitality culture. It's been heavily okay. influenced by the Maori people of that area. So even, even people who are white have pick up on it. So I could give any of you a spot to stay in New Zealand. And by having you go and stay in that spot with people you don't know, you would actually have places to stay the rest of the country because they mm. would connect you with all that. We had some some dear friends of ours, the Suttons in uh, New Zealand, who live in this lovely spot. Uh, they have a pool and whatever. I, they, if they knew you were coming, they would put your national flag out in the front of their house wow. to huh. signal to you that huh. you are ha- they're happy to have you there. Uh, and he, Graham, the father, has got I don't know how many flags, wow. and they will sit you down and chat your ear off about whatever, whatever they've got to eat is yours. If they have a, if you you say to them, look, I need a, need to borrow a car, they will, they will give you whatever car they can give you. Doesn't matter if it's new. It doesn't matter, what whatever. They'll be happy to let you use whatever. And if you leave it half full of a tank of gas, okay, okay. I mean. Obviously, it's it's hospitable for you when you share somebody's stuff when you when you borrow someone's stuff. Part of your hospitality is to help to pay for the thing you did as well. But but th- their attitude is uh, is remarkable. It's the kind of thing that you know my wife and I have tried tried to emulate, mm. but we've gotten away certainly from the pop in culture. Although we still uh, aren't bothered at all by by that. I most people actually really enjoy pop, somebody to pop in. Mm. They might be put off by it culturally at first, but if somebody actually does, if it's a friend. Well, and I think in our neighborhoods, we do that a lot by people are out mowing their lawn or they're doing some gardening or whatever. And so then we'll just, I know when I drive up and I see neighbors out, I'll just go and stand and talk to them. So it's not necessarily having people in your home, but it's just that disposition of, oh, hey, I'll go say hi and find out how they're doing and talk to them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Crystal? Who's yeah, been? I've had people model this like my whole life with, you know, family and Christmas. We always have extra people and mm-hmm. Easter and all that kind of stuff. But I, I was just struck this last weekend. We were on the shoe shop. We were houseboating with um, our family and we went to a acreage that's owned by some people that my parents knew. And we have never met these four couple, these two couples in our lives. And we spent 15 minutes with them. And I've never met four people so interested in getting to know us as this mm-hmm. family they hadn't known. Yeah. And we all walked off that little beach thinking like, I've never been asked that many questions in 15 minutes by yeah. 
to come, but it was just they had this disposition of we want to get to know you even though you're only 14 like mm-hmm. to my niece right asking her all kinds of questions about dance and all kinds of and I thought that's such an amazing witness mm-hmm. like they just will always remember those four people mm-hmm. because of those 15 minutes just because of the interest they took mm-hmm. in who each of us were my parents are I would I don't even know how to say like they are the saints of hospitality <laughs> <laughs> they're amazing so even when you have a conversation or you talk to them. I was there yesterday. A large part of the conversation is who did they help move? Who did they bring food to because they were sick or alone? Who did they have in their house this week? Like growing up, we always had people even for gift opening on Christmas morning. And my mom would pull some gifts out of somewhere or whatever. (laughs) Easter, Thanksgiving, any other family dinner. We hosted a lady who was fleeing abuse. She and her three-year-old son. Of course, they got my room and I had to bunk with my sister. But this was normal. I didn't Mm. know who would be at our house when we were there or who they would be helping that day. And it often puts me to shame. I'm like, wow, I still have so much to learn. Mm. Okay, let's switch it to uh, hospitality fails. We've all been, we've been failures at giving hospitality, all four of us. And we've also been on the receiving end of sometimes some painful hospitality fails. So let's talk about that a little bit. I'll give you one that I've got for, I'll I'll give you a negative one (laughs) because that's what I go to. Okay. Uh, and a positive one. Okay. Uh, sorry, uh, when I buy that, I mean one that I've done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And one that others have done to me. <laughs> <laughs> Neither are positive. Yeah. Say that positive and negative. But um, so one is a church. I went to a church on one occasion, and uh, my son was this little guy, my mm-hmm. oldest son, and uh, the in the church, the the pastor was preaching. He was preaching about grace and the welcome of God. Uh oh. And my little boy was just he was tapping on the. He was he was on the floor. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't playing with any toys or whatever. But he had a little a little pen or something, and he was tapping on the. You can kind of hear that, uh-huh. but not very often. It was just a little, like little tap. And this uh-huh. guy, this pastor, stopped midway through his sermon. Oh, no. I mean, the church is probably about four hundred people in it. Hmm. He stopped midway through his sermon, pointed straight in our direction, said, "Who is tapping right there?" <laughs> <laughs> and I, lo- I thought, man, somebody's in trouble. And I was looking around trying to figure out, like, who <laughs> did it? And I looked down, and it was Jean. Jean, my wife, said, I think, oh, that's Ethan. He's bloody out, Ethan. And the lady sitting next to me was horrified by the fact that she was pointing, this, the pastor was pointing out. Uh, at her? The, no, her pointing direction? out the people next to us. And she was like, I'm so, she's, you know, mouthing, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Immediately, some usher came down in the middle of the aisle and said, we have a room for children. We have a room for children. And I was like, oh, dear. So when we walked out, uh, I tend to have a, I tend to be a bit of a fiery guy. And I was so lit up. I was lit up, actually, for the next week. I almost, because I, you know, being a pastor myself and having preached in some, I mean, I could tell you some stories mm-hmm. about things people have done while I've been mm-hmm. preaching. You just keep going, man. Yeah. And if there's noise and stuff, it's okay. But yeah. the reason that you you keep going is you try. I mean, sometimes it gets too much. Yes, admittedly. And if something crazy is happening, you do need to stop and say, "Are you okay?" or something like that. But hmm. but for the most part, you just keep going. And if you know, people will eventually move. If if it's if it's distracting everybody, they'll move the the child out. But I, I could not believe yeah. that this man, especially when his sermon on grace... Epic. <laughs> was, so you in the oh. I was very upset. And and this is what happens, though, in a church, right? When that happens. Like, I, I know that church, and I would I, I have no desire to return. No. At all. No. And mm. 
I, we were just we were just visiting yeah. uh, that church on that particular occasion. Totally, no desire at all. Okay, your own hospital. Well, mine failed. was like so I, so. I worked right around that same time. I was working at a at a car rental agency, and there were there, these two young guys who were working in the agency as well. And I was looking for a ministry position while I was working there. And they kept asking me if I would be interested in getting together with coffee for them and stuff. And I just was like, man, I just can't be bothered to hmm. deal with you. I, I, I was thinking to myself, I just can't wait till I get involved in ministry somewhere and have a, <laughs> yeah. a ministry. And what I was looking at for at the time was to work with young adults. I just got, please, Lord, open yeah, a door for ministry to young adults. And then literally the next day, these guys would be like, hey, not, not Christian guys, hey, we we're just wondering if we could talk to you because, you know, you have this master's degree and we just thought maybe we're, you know, I've, I've got some questions about Christianity. Oh, yeah. Like one of them said that to me, oh, questions of Christianity. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have time. <laughs> I got to do some other stuff. I didn't oh. honestly. I just had to go home and eat pizza. <laughs> so, not not so good. <laughs> not so good. I oh. still do. I mean, I still struggle with it, right? I mean, you know, you talk about baseball fields and stuff like that. Mm. It's not, you know, sometimes I get too focused and I don't want to talk to everybody in the world. I know. Okay, someone else. Greg, uh, probably, you know, my my fails personally just have to do with. I think I've drifted into this kind of okayness with names. Mm. Like, obviously, you can't actually know everybody's name all the time, and sometimes you do have a slip up and that kind of stuff. But, but I, likewise, what you were saying, Jeff, of like, oh, I just want to do the ministry, and would you give me a ministry? <laughs> you know, recently I've been thinking like, oh yeah, it'd be great to you know be involved with this campus and, and be involved in people's lives, and yet. It's still easy to just look out into a crowd and be like, oh, I recognize those faces. And then you you have a conversation with them and you don't actually commit to memory or work against know people's names, even yeah. though that would be the most, one of the most easily hospitable things to do to people is to, when you see them, say, it's so great to see you, Irv, or whatever, yeah. right? To yeah. be able to actually know their actual name. So I think my fail, it's more of a long-standing fail rather than a, an episodic kind of thing. So if but, I had extra pressure to that, I'd say get to know how they pronounce their name. Yeah, totally. Because I just like practically write people off who keep calling me Celia. And it's not my name. It's not your name? <laughs> no. Okay. Now we know. <laughs> and, now, and now Crystal Toes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I get it wrong. All Sorry, the time. it's Toes. Hey, the joke is the exactly. joke. Exactly. Yeah, I caught so. it. Yeah, I just hadn't had time to think of a rebuttal, <laughs> which I still haven't. <laughs> I just remember when I think of uh, fails that I've received, I remember mm. being surprised. At a, I was at a church leadership breakfast, and there was a group of people sitting around a table, and I asked if I could join them, and they said, no, our table is full. Oh. <laughs> but I remember thinking, okay, I was hurt, and I thought, I'm a pastor here, mm. and that kind of hurts my feelings. So I was kind of chastising myself for being hurt, because that's mm. kind of stupid. But at the same time, I thought, what kind of a message does that say to anybody if we ever say, mm. the table is full, you're not welcome here? Yeah, the leaned-in chair move, right? Where the person's all alone and the chairs are oh. leaning into the table. And you're like, oh, this looks like a free table. No, do you see all the chairs? They're leaning in. That means you're There's not nobody allowed here. to be here. <laughs> Every right? single one yet. is spoken for. Exactly. I'll put a coat in front of each one. And maybe they'll come, but even if they not, don't, you're not welcome to see <laughs> It's not you, yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. In terms of my own, I think it's just uh, often just a laziness. Like I just get mm -hmm. tired. I'm with people all the day, all the time. I, you know, when I was at home alone, I was much more ready to, like with the kids and stuff. When they're little, I would plan all kinds of like things with other people. Mm -hmm. And now I come home from work and I've just been with people all day. And so I need that get up and go to actually just organize something. And so it's often just a, 
tiredness yeah. that I use as an excuse, which isn't a great excuse. Because then I do feel lonely because I haven't seen people for a long time that actually are meaningful, important to me. So then I'll get to this point of like freak out and then I'll so this <laughs> arrange my, a whole bunch of things. This is my point though with, yeah. with, the, with the kind of, do you call it perfectionism or the idea that you have to have it all together in order for you to be hospitable for, mm-hmm. pe- for people. I don't, like I actually think that that is the enemy of mm-hmm. our hospitality a lot of times is we feel like, oh, I'm so tired and having people over will be difficult because it means, it means not just having them over and experiencing the community that we'd have. It means cleaning, making sure we have exactly the right food and figuring out, you know, like all of that stuff. Totally. And so I'm not suggesting that that's your case, but I do know that people in the life stage when they got little kids or they've got hospitality is just a challenge because they're just, man, I'm so tired when actually don't, it's not actually, it's okay if, if you don't have it all sorted out and totally. your house is not in great working order. And you know what? The pizza's cheap. Like just, you can order a couple pizzas. On Mondays, they're half price. Cost you like 15 bucks for two of them. You're going to give right. a Papa John's plug right totally. here? Yeah. Well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> half price. That's what he says. Monday's at half price. <laughs> totally. the Papa John's. That's right. <laughs> That's funny. My epic fail is very frequent in the fact that I'm often at like Save on Foods or Costco or somewhere and I see somebody I know and I just like duck around the next corner or pretend I'm busy with something and I'm like, I don't want to say hello. I don't, I don't remember their name. I don't know. And I just like, that's just, I feel bad every time. Mm-hmm. And on the receiving end, I remember years ago before we moved to Abbotsford, I was working out here part time. And so I developed some Christian friends in my job. And then when we moved here, I thought, well, great, I'm going to try out their church because I probably have six friends at this church. And so Mark and I went there and they didn't say hello. They didn't sit by us. And then they had a lunch after church downstairs when we were all there. They didn't say hello. They didn't sit with us. They didn't introduce us to people. They totally ignored me. Hmm. I was, it was so painful. It's still painful, like over 20 years later. And now when I think about East Abbey campus, I'm like, oh, in my area, there are going to be a lot of people coming to our campus that I know. So I have to be warm and friendly and connect them with people because it's painful when you're ignored. Mm-hmm. So it's on top of mind right now. Well, it's even because yeah. it makes it that much worse because it's the default is stay home, be lonely. Yeah. And then when you put yourself out oh, there yeah. to like maybe not be lonely. Yeah. And then you get slapped in the face yeah. with inhospitality oh. is awful. It just makes you cringe and run you're away. Because you like, this is why I just only watch Netflix. That's right. Is because <laughs> at least it's a pain I know. Totally. <laughs> right? It's, totally. It's, it's a familiar, dull, consistent loneliness rather than the sharp pain of rejection. Yeah. And so people don't try, which is why as Christians, we should have the disposition of welcoming because maybe that's that first person's first try to get out outside of yeah. Netflix and watching football and yeah. eating the chicken wings to actually maybe get to know someone. <laughs> but do any of you find this conversation uh, chastising? Because yeah. I do. Yeah, like, I, I'm not, when I listen to all this, I just keep thinking, I'm just not great at this. I know, I know. Like, There's I, I, so much room to improve. Yeah. So, so yeah. what's the line then between a, an introverted natural inclination and pushing people towards hospitality? Because... Like, is that, do you know what I'm asking? Like, is it easier to be hospitable if you're extrovert? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Probably. But But I don't think introverts get off the hook. Like, I'm an introvert and I'm not off the hook. I simply have to reach out to others in the way that makes sense for me. And it won't look the same as the other. I'm going to say that that last piece, though, is the piece that needs to be clarified. That not, you know, not everybody, there are certain certain circumstances that will be, dictating the actions of some person as, as opposed to another, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm an introvert. I struggle, I struggle remembering names because I, I, I honestly 
do not. I, there's so many people I meet. Yeah. It is very, very difficult for me. What I've gotten to the point of saying is I really apologize. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't yeah. recall, you know, your name. Or I say to people, listen, if the next time we meet each other, uh, I forget your name, it is not because I don't no. care or I'm not interested. It's just I find so many people. And if I have yeah. to ask you for your name, please don't be bothered by yeah. that. Um. So there are certain circumstances. That's why that you are, tell me that every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's finally clicking in. Right? But, but but at the same time, see, I agree with you, failure. There is a point at which, with as an introvert, that you, that you, it is easy as an introvert to give yourself a pass because yeah. you're like, well, that's just who I am. Mm. In the same way that it's easy for an extrovert to be given the pass. Well, I'm just brash, and that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. When the truth is, nah. Sometimes you should shut up yeah. because no one cares about what you think at every turn. Yeah. So I, I, I'd apply it both ways. And there's some challenges yeah. to being an introvert. And one of them is, is, the, is this kind of ministry. And you don't, listen, not, you're not, it's going to be fits and starts, I would mm-hmm. think. It's not one size fits all. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes you're going to do well. Yeah. Other times you're not going to do as well. And there are times where as an introvert, yeah, you need to have your space and that kind of stuff. And, and you'll still have to go to that event. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. But, but try to make some times. This yeah. is just, this is an introvert talking who's trying to work this out himself. Like, try to make some times where it is that you are, are mingling, okay? Yeah. Like, I, we have a big staff. I have it written in my job, in, in my calendar this year. It's called Staff Connecting, which is... <laughs> Ooh, confessions. I know. <laughs> I want to see that This calendar. is basically, okay, Jeff, this is the hour of your day where you now should walk around the office and see how people are doing. Yeah. For me, it's called, I should actually spend some time in the kitchen because <laughs> I'm so tired of listening to people's muck that I just want to so- go to some place in the church that's quiet. For lunch. That's my default for lunch. But then I'm like, oh, but I need to go to the kitchen at least once or twice a week and sit there among people because it's hard for me. I'd rather take some space, yeah. but I don't get a pass. We still have to reach out to others around us. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference, like it's not necessarily easier for extroverts because extroverts can often just come into a room and talk all about themselves, and that's not hospitable either. Mm. Like, they seem Mm. to be engaging people in conversation, but it's not necessarily showing interest in somebody. So I think the challenge is the same. I mean, it's a different, maybe it looks (laughs) differently, but the challenge is still how to be other-focused rather than yourself-focused. Okay, so I'm going to keep moving us on because we're already at 42 minutes. Can you believe it? Crazy. Last question is, uh, let's have a little bit of a session about what do we do well at Northview? Let's talk about some of the ways we are hospitable to the people coming in. I think kids ministry is huge, but added to that is I think the Imagine ministry that you know it's had it's had its ebbs and flows of of people involved with it and times when it's available and other times when it's not. But but all that conversation to the side, the fact that this church is committed to having it for families of special needs for, to have yeah, yeah sorry a place for, to go yeah I know it's just it's yeah. very easy. So when my wife and I, when we go to different churches with our kids, it, it's easy, easy, easy to throw Emily into any situation, my, my daughter, because everyone wants to hold the cute baby. Everyone wants, the nurseries are always open. It's, it's easy. Ben's the challenge mm-hmm. because he's nonverbal. He has really rigid routines. T- to have a church that's actually saying, hey, you know your kids' particular issues, we're, we're going to do our best to provide people as often as we can to actually support you guys so that you can attend a service is I don't actually know if people understand how welcoming that is to feel like in every other social situation, it's so easy for us as parents to feel like people just ignore Ben. Yeah. 
but then to come to a situation where we feel like, oh, they actually recognize that he's a person yeah. who's who's worthy of time and energy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think Imagine Ministry, to me, is is like the best thing we do for hospitality. Saturday night meal. That's another fantastic thing we do. People don't have to pay. It's by donations. We have a lot of people who come who are low income and can't afford it. And they get a great meal and the dishes are done for them. And they can sit with people if they want to and connect. I think that's an awesome ministry. Mm. Okay, what else? Yeah, I mean, part of the problem of being involved in leadership is that you see all the cracks in the walls. So uh, as you're asking that, I'm thinking, I'll tell you what I'd like to see. (laughs) (laughs) You can say (laughs) over it. I'll give you an example. So we're going down to two services on Sunday mornings this year. And by going down, we didn't lose anybody in our church. Our church grew last year, right? And we had three services on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So we're doing something stupid <laughs> by going down to two, right? We're, we are planting an East Abbotsford campus, which we hope many people will be engaged with. And so that there maybe there'll be some room, but I, I don't know. It's not going to make if enough there isn't, room. Isn't. Yeah, but necessarily. I will say going forward, until we can address... Those issues probably well with with uh, another building or something uh, along those lines. Uh, we we are going to be in a position where your personal space mm-hmm. is not as important as the person who's coming in behind you. Mm-hmm. So by personal space, I mean it's okay for you to sit next to somebody else, not and have not, a seat in between, right? and, and not that. sit in the aisles right. and make people crawl right. over you. Like I get <laughs> no. it, you want to get out quickly, and I you know. got there early, and you want. The aisle I, I seat. I get it. I yeah. do. But there's a way that you can act, even if you take the aisle seat, that is like, oh, you're here to go over me to get in the middle. It, you can act like, ugh, this is so irritating. <laughs> why, why are you late to church? Or you can say, be like, oh, yeah, come on in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you more stand out to the aisle. Ready. Let stand at the aisle and pat them on the back and yeah. say, hi, welcome. welcome here. You know, yeah. that, there's an approach you can take to it. When that when you're asked, hey, can you squeeze in? You're like, no, sure, I'll squeeze in because yeah. I know, and I know the people coming late late aren't as deserving as you are because you got there <laughs> early. I, I I get that. However, with that said, a lot of the people who come late to our church are not necessarily new people. Are they're not old people to the church? They're people. You know, yeah. you don't usually come thirty minutes early if you're a new person to the church and you don't know Jesus. Your belief is just like the movie. Yeah. I'm just going to show up when it starts and maybe a little bit late because they've got those pre- previews and I don't want to watch the previews. Yeah. <laughs> so they show up a little bit late and you might be making room for, for somebody who doesn't know Jesus or whose kids were screaming at each other that morning and mm-hmm. they couldn't get anybody dressed and they're freaked out of their minds for being at church anyway because it's not their thing. Yeah. So just make some space. They're an outsider. Yeah. They can make them feel welcome after the service. We don't have the stand, meet, and greet thing, right, where you shake hands. <laughs> Thank because, goodness. Because it's perfunctory and it feels all weird. Yeah, really but awkward. after the service, you can walk by them and say hi. Yeah. Uh, people who just climbed over you, you could say, oh, hi. Yeah. You climbed over me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, welcome to church this morning. You know that we have some food over there and this other location. As, we're, as a church, we're, our, our goal and where we're moving as a church is more hospitable, more community Life, part of the reason that we're drawing down to two services is for this very reason, two yeah. services on Sunday and one on yeah. Saturday. I love that we have coffee, tea, and water, and that you can bring it into the services, whatever size. We have several different sizes to make people comfortable. You can give them a free Bible, if you didn't know that. We are, <clears throat> excuse me, we're trying to get better at this, and I know this is something we're always reminding ourselves, but to not use Christian lingo mm-hmm. when we're preaching or teaching or emceeing, not talking about 
prayer altars or hedges of protection <laughs> yeah. or all these things that people who are like, what in the world do these Christians have a secret language? Um, so I think that's something that we're always trying to get better at. We're not necessarily perfect at it, but even as MCs to always introduce who we are, explain, yeah. not have words like have you ever higher been to ground a, instead of middle school been, ministry. You know, well, it's called higher ground, but then you can explain what it is. But yeah. like, have you ever been to a meeting or gone and sat with somebody from a different like group? And I, mean, I don't mean, I just mean like maybe mm-hmm. school, t- school teachers yeah, yeah. are the worst, by oh, the yeah, way. All these acronyms. They sit down yeah. and they've all yeah. got like, well, it's, it's it's the PDP MIA <laughs> that we need to be very careful of because if you don't score a 4.6 on the QL2, <laughs> you're like, oh my goodness, just like that. Or government employees, it's form 1046. You know, yeah. I that you get so irritated by it because you're like, I don't know this language. I don't understand it at all. It, the, you're talking gibberish and nonsense to me and I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, but, and I've had yeah I've had women come that know nothing about the Bible at all, and they've come and talked to me after the service that okay I don't understand this word or this word or this word, and we talked about the Lion of Judah in that song like what does that mean Ebenezer and, and I the, just love yeah. that they're asking me that, but I said well just give yourself patience like it is like learning a new language, is, yeah. but at the same time for us on the other end we need to realize when we're saying things that are yeah. just yeah. not understandable. Some of the language is dumb. <laughs> Sorry, the prayer altar is dumb. Yeah, like, like we're gonna sacrifice some up there I know. and we're praying over it. <laughs> So the biblical language we're not going to change, uh, no. but yes. Show but me where in the prayer. Bible you found prayer altar. No, not. <laughs> no prayer altar. Okay, this is going sideways yeah. really fast, and we've been talking for a long time. So let's wrap it up. Greg, you want to pray for our listeners yeah, and sure. our church as we go into a new ministry year? Yeah, let's pray. Father, I'm thankful for uh, the opportunity we have to to talk and think about these things. And Lord, you know our hearts, you know our, our weaknesses as individuals and as a, as a church, I pray that by your spirit, you would mobilize us to actually be more others focused in in our everyday life, in our everyday opportunities, and in the way that we we function as a as a church family. so would you would you help Northview of you know Downs Road Mission East Abbotsford? Would you help it be a place where people actually feel like they're noticed, feel like people care about them, and feel like it's a place where they could connect with and stay for a very, very long time so that we could see people come to know your Son as Lord and Savior and follow Him all the days of their lives. We pray this in His name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening.